This is the Big Brand Theory Podcast by Blackwood Creative with your host, Kyle Johnson. And now, here's Kyle. Hey guys, welcome to the Big Brand Theory Podcast. We're so glad you're listening to yet another episode. And today we get to talk to the lovely Kelly Substansky. And that name is... It's, I mean, once you say it a few times, you got it, right? It just rolls right off the tongue. But good luck trying to spell it. So <laughs> <laughs> look in the show notes for that one. There's a Z in there somewhere. So, right? There is. And okay, a Y. Perfect. Yeah. I don't know. So good. So Kelly, welcome. Thank you Thank for you. being on. So um, Kelly is, uh, works for, a, it's local, right? But you guys have, or like spots all over the place, right? Yes. So Quality Dining Inc. Um, We are a local company based in Mishawaka. We have about 200 restaurants though in seven states and about 7,000 employees. So we're headquartered locally, privately held, but we're kind of all over. Mm -hmm. That's very, that's impressive. That's a lot. 7,000 employees. Not Mm -hmm. many people can say that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Cool. And you are the director of marketing um, there. So um, that's awesome. We heard a little story about that. We won't go into detail there, but um, so tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. You've got kids at home, right? I do. I have three kids. Please pray for me. They <laughs> are um, five, eight, and nine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We're busy. Yes. We're I know busy. that life. I have an eight-year-old mm-hmm. and 10-year-old, so... Ooh. Right there the with you. sass is real. I know, right? <laughs> Especially the 10 year old. Like, what is going on here? You're not even a teenager yet. I know. So, I know. Pray for us both here. We'll a little <laughs> moment of silence. No. Um, and so you've been at QDI for five years, yes, right? Yes, that's right. And prior to that, you were doing other things. What else were you doing? So before that, I was a reporter at WSBT. I did that life for about 10 years. And um, I loved that job. I loved everything about that career. I loved chasing down the story. I loved meeting new people. Um, I loved the breaking news. I loved deep diving, investigative reporting. But the problem is, it wasn't really a problem, but I had those three kids in three and a half years. Yeah. And I was addicted to my job. Like a plane crashed into a house out by the South Bend Airport, uh, March 17th, 2013. I was 36 (laughs) weeks pregnant. And I'm like, I got to go. And I did. (laughs) I went to the newsroom. My boss called and said, hey, there's, I'm on my way. I'm already on my way to the newsroom. And I ended up staying in the newsroom because that was probably safer for me at that moment. But it came to a point where I was trading my kids off to babysitters, not putting my kids to bed addicted to my job. I literally would break stories on social media, like in bed at night after my kids were in bed, I'd get tips, I'd get emails mm. and I wanted to be present for my kids. And I, I, I knew I couldn't sustain that long term, and I didn't want to look back and have regrets or yeah. guilt. So I had to find a way to transition out of TV, even though I loved it. And, um, and fell into QDI. I kind of worked in, but it, it, it worked out well. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe a, a a repeat appearance in 10 years or something on TV? Oh, gosh, or? I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a lot of work. It was a lot of work, but it, when you love what you do, you yeah. can relate to this. It's, oh, yeah. It's not. And um, I just really wanted to put my family first, and I wanted to be able to look back and say I gave motherhood, my best shot. And I did the best I could. And I was there for my kids when they needed me. And this career path allows me to do that a lot more easily than 
the TV life. Hmm. That's awesome. Very important. Yeah, it is. So tell us a little bit about QDI. You guys have, you said you have 200 locations Mm -hmm. and that's all restaurants, right? Yes. So we have about 150 Burger King restaurants in Indiana, Michigan, and Florida. And we all, as a franchisee, and then we also um, have 40 Chili's locations in the Midwest and on the East Coast. And then we own and operate Papa Vino's. Okay. So we have one in Mishawaka and one of those in St. Joe. Nice. Yeah. And QDI is a great company to work for. Um, There's really a core value focus on family first, and that is fantastic. To be able to be respected as both someone who is on the team there, but also as a mother. Yeah. And, hey, I need to do this for my kids, or I have to go take care of this. Okay, fine, go do it. Yeah. And that is amazing. And the other thing I love about QDI is um, there's no red tape. So if I need an answer or I have an idea or there's something I want to do, I don't have to go through seven different steps. I can pick up the phone and call any of our executive leadership team. I can walk down the hall and find them and I get my answer right away. Yeah. I don't always love it. I don't always <laughs> love the answer. <laughs> but but typically it's the communication is great and being able to get the answers I need, that's invaluable as a team member. It really is. Yeah, communication. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's the lifeblood of anything, really. Absolutely. Especially marketing. So yes. so you're as a director of marketing, um, what like what are you, what's your day to day look like? Everything. What Everything. doesn't it look like? Yeah. So uh, when when I was hired, I was told, you know, your job is to put butts in seats, mm-hmm. get people to our restaurants. Um and so it's anything from radio advertising to posting on social media to sending e-blasts to, um, hey, we need this to be a pretty sign, so can you have the graphic designer work on it? Yeah. Or um, figuring out, hey, how do we integrate delivery this way? Or what if what do we do with this? Or, yeah. hey, it's time to launch a new menu, so let's work on something, get, let's work with the graphic designer, get something pretty. I mean, mm. it can be anything. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> That's great. Yes. So uh, we're recording this early mm-hmm. 2021. Yes. In theory, the tail end of COVID. <sighs> Deep breaths. <laughs> Knock on wood. Um, and that's kind of like our topic today is like, how does yeah. an organization like yours really... May, there's two two aspects to it, right? Being in in the restaurant industry, which got hit really hard, really fast. Um, and then just kind of as a, even though you guys have a larger, a larger organization, you still like Papavino's is just two locations. Like I'm sure some of these things kind of act as a small business. I Absolutely. Mean, technically you are a small business, even though yes. 7,000 employees, it's still, that's a lot of people. Um, but but how does like that's our goal today to talk about how do how do you adjust in a point of I don't know crisis or massive movement outside of your own control? COVID being a great example, mm-hmm. but it could be anything, right? It could be the housing market crash. It could be uh, a a major market correction or new competition coming in or something like that. Um, so so kind of. Let's let's walk through that a little bit, and we want to hear your stories and mm-hmm. maybe some things that worked and maybe things that didn't work or whatever. So, um, right off the gate, though, like a year ago, right now, 
COVID comes in, everybody's like, what is this? Stuff starts getting shut down. Like, how did that impact you guys like right off the bat? I think you need to re-ask me the question and ask me, how didn't it impact you? (laughs) I mean, it. my CEO, Dan Fitzpatrick, who is also my boss, um, describes it, uh, the start of the pandemic, you're driving down the interstate, you're going 75 miles an hour, Um, there are no signs ahead saying road construction, might want to slow down, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have a hard break. Yeah. And uh, there's no warning or what's going to, uh, maybe a little bit, but hard break. And that was pandemic. You didn't yeah. have time to swerve. You couldn't take a detour. And it was devastating. Yeah. And the restaurant industry was obviously hit first. Um, I know that other industries were also hit very, very hard. Mm-hmm. But um, we literally came to a screeching, devastating halt yeah. one year ago. And nobody in our company had ever experienced anything like this in their lifetime. And it was scary for a lot of people. But um, a lot of good came from it. So I want to say we're maybe five days into pandemic and Dan, our CEO, comes to myself and our vice president of operations for casual dining and he says, I want to start a campaign. And we kind of looked at him and he goes, so I want to involve other restaurants. I want to help other restaurants and I want to start this campaign and maybe we call it Togo. And we kind of looked at him like, okay, Togo. Uh-huh. And so basically the, the point was we needed to tell people who were scared to come out of their homes. They were scared they were mm-hmm. going to get COVID and die because that was eventually what happened and is still happening in our community to an extent. But there was there was a real fear that nowhere is safe except mm. for my own home. But we were open and we had people that we had to keep in employed. Yeah. And we were also a food source for people. So the grocery stores are wiped out and they're slammed. It was kind of a weird, eerie feeling even yeah. to go grocery shopping. But we had food and we could help people and we were a, a necessary company, right? We were essential employees and we had to do our duty for the community. So we needed to get a campaign together to tell people we're open, we're safe, we're, we were already clean. We already know how to do yeah. all of that, but now we're probably cleaner than ever. Um, and, and it's okay to come out and use us curbside or drive-through or anything like that. So my team and I powwowed a couple hours later, there were four of us, and um, somebody was already working from home. So we had three of us in my office, one person working remotely. We had a call and we came up with keep calm and carry out, obviously <laughs> borrowed from Winston Churchill. It's yeah. not our original. <laughs> and um, by six o'clock that night, we had creative already. So we had a, um, a logo, we had the yellow background, the black letters, and, and Dan approved it. And he said, okay, go ahead and run with it. And I want you to get this out to as many local businesses as you can. I want you to send press releases to Fox News. I want you to, I want a big, a big banner in our front yard of our, of our property. I want um, yard signs everywhere. And I said, okay. And I was like, how much money do I have to spend? And he looked at me and he said, not very much. <laughs> <laughs> right. You just shut everything down. You might want to like. So then we went to some of our printer companies and we, um, we said, hey, do you think you can maybe do a few banners for us. We've given you a lot of business. We need your help. Um, We created a a digital media kit for other restaurants Mm. and said, okay, here are yard signs. You can pay to print them. Um, We printed signs on 
cardstock in our office on the color printer and said, hey, we'll run them to you. Like I was running signs and banners to Napanee, to huh. restaurants there. We had downtown South Bend and my team was doing that. We created a Facebook page. We sent out the press releases. Local media was huge. So mm-hmm. we leaned on those relationships that we had previously. I mean, I texted Nick Brown, who was the vice president of the South Bend Cubs. And I said, I need a favor. (laughs) And we have sponsorships with the Cubs. And uh, I said, I need Stu and Swoop to hold this keep calm and carry out sign. Mm. And he wrote back, he's like, anything for you. So Nick Brown and Joe Hart, who is the president of the Cubs, put on those disgusting mascot costumes, Uh. held the sign. And I had a text back from them with a picture within like two hours. That's awesome. Muffet McGraw did the same thing. She held it and did a video message and sent it. Brian Kelly, the head football coach at Notre Mm. Dame, we reached out and said, hey, we did this big grassroots campaign and we put it on our, our marquees at Burger King, keep calm and carry out. We painted the town with this mm. because it was important to let people know we're open, we're safe, and not just quality dining. Ruth's Chris bought 20 yard signs and put them all along university mm-hmm. out there. Um, it was really cool to see that all come together and see my team work really hard and see other restaurants buy in. And it, like, we had to call people and said, no, this doesn't cost anything. Like, we just want to help. Yeah. And so I think. That was like our big first move in the marketing department was like, what can we do? And so with my TV background, I was able to make those calls to write those press releases. Hey, let's come to an interview. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Because we saw the impact on us. And we know there are companies even smaller than ours that just needed help. Yeah. I love that. That was your guys' kind of first instinct was to say, like, let's do this. Yeah, obviously it'll benefit us, but like, let's help. Let's help the others too. Like we're yes. and that and that to me was one of the great things of if there was a positive happening when we saw a lot of communities like people coming together and saying like, okay, you need this, and the print shop saying like, sure, here's some free banners. Like we're in this together. Like I'm gonna help out and you're gonna help out, and that's. Uh, that's that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome that it wasn't just, hey, here's an opportunity for us to nickel and dime or like one up our competition, but how can we help them because we know that we all do better together. Well, right, and and being a leader, right, in your industry, whatever that industry yeah. is. I mean, Dan Fitzpatrick went out and he got in front of the cameras and he said all of those things. We're safe, we're open, we are here for you. Mm-hmm. And it was for all restaurants, support the local guy, support the little guy. You got to support everyone. And he's well known and respected in the community. So he was a great voice to be able to provide that message. That's awesome. Yeah. So another thing we did too um, through Papa Vino's is we created and launched a Feeding the Frontline campaign. That probably didn't come on board until May. Um, but we did that through Papa Vino's. Um, we raised more than $20,000 to feed more than 3,500 frontline workers. And it was literally, um, we took donations online. And then I had a contact at St. Joe Hospital and a contact at Beacon. And I said, hey, we have this much money for you. How, you, you know, you can get it five bucks a five bucks a meal. Mm-hmm. And um, I was doing deliveries. My, my daughter, I remember I had my kids in the car with me one night doing an eight o'clock delivery at Memorial. And it, we were to just started wearing masks and my kids hadn't started wearing masks yet. Cause this fright, we were learning as we went. Yeah. And I was like, you guys got to stay in the car. I don't have masks. You're not wearing masks. My daughter goes, mommy, you look like a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's just the funny, and I have her on video saying that, but it was just a, a you know, a great way to open up the conversation of this is what we have to do. These people are working really hard. Yeah. We delivered to fire stations, police departments. I had one guy who was a heart patient who reached out and said, look, I had a heart attack three months ago. I want to thank the cardiologist and the team who saved my life. Mm. So can I get in on this? Can I feed him and his team? Yeah. And so I um, went to the man's house and got his check because he didn't want to provide a credit card. So I sure. you know, drove to Osceola, got his check, and then we made it happen for yeah. him because it, that's what it's about, right? You, you don't look at it and say, mm, that's not my job, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> a great way to get yourself fired or something. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, th- I think the thing there like is as well, like I love that you guys were able to serve the, the, the front, the front liners as you call them. And I, I have several friends that are in the medical field and I think there's this idea that like, they'll be fine when I know that like, Hey, they're, they're getting overworked a lot. And some of them are taking pay cuts, and if it's a you know optional surgery, it's getting pushed off, and all that type of stuff. Like they weren't fine; they just they were in it with the rest of us. Right, and food is really a love language. If yes. you think about it, it's really a way to say, "Hey, here's a warm meal. Thanks for what you're doing. Yeah. You matter, and there is someone out there who cares about you a whole bunch." Yeah. So I think that is kind of where we were coming from too, and we can do it. Right, it's yeah. something that we're able to do, and even at Papavino's, I mean, we discounted down. We were feeding people curbside through um, through or an ordering online process. Yeah. Um, Nineteen ninety nine was feeding a family of four people wow. salad, <laughs> bread, and pasta. And so what we did is um, we were already using third-party delivery through Dine-In locally and mm-hmm. through DoorDash, but they they take a cut and they couldn't handle the volume. I mean, right. we were used to a full-staffed restaurant at Papavino's and we had to pivot, yeah. right? So we had to figure out how do we take our dining room into the parking lot? Yeah. How do you do that? And so we used this um, this thing that's called, it's through SurveyMonkey called WUFU, W-U-F-O-O. And I think we pay $39 a month for our membership. But for Papavino's, we were able to convert that into an online ordering system. They paid through PayPal, came to me an email, and I would either um, scan them and send them to the stores once I confirmed payment. And you were able to pre-order and then pick up between 4 and 8 p.m. every day. Hmm. The problem, though, <laughs> that first Saturday we did it, um, our phone lines were jammed, so people were. we didn't have a system. We could make the food and pack it all day long. We had food inside and not quite an angry mob outside, but we had supporters outside that we were trying to feed yeah. wrapped around the building in the Meyer parking lot. Mm. And it's like, oh gosh. Yeah. And and we couldn't we couldn't figure it out. But what I love is that we were able to then pivot again. That's the word of the year, right? Pivot, right. pivot, yes. pivot. <laughs> but we were able to make that pivot and say, okay, we're gonna figure this out. How do we keep this from happening again? Mm-hmm. And we got a system and we figured out you need to be here. We need to have tables lined up that say A through H goes here and then alphabetically yeah. get them sorted by pickup time. We can do this. We just need to get it figured out. Yeah. And it was really cool to see all of the systems working and watch it all come together. We added phone lines. We set up one of our big tables in the dining room because it wasn't open mm-hmm. um, with phones. And we just had people on phones taking orders, doing what they could do. We had runners 
it was amazing how it came together. And we also had to update our technology too on the fly. We, we have, um, our IT department is in-house and that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, but we had to update things and make changes and roll with the punches that way too. So that was really cool to see, A, the community support. They heard us. They heard our messages. Mm-hmm. And, um, and B, to watch our team come together. Mm-hmm. And, and other restaurants wanted to help us. So we got a call from a local restaurant on a Saturday night, and he said, hey, we want to feed your team. We want to bring you guys food, and, and we want to help you. Wow. And our restaurant GM was like, yeah, great. Restaurants will do that from yeah. time to time. Huh. Um, and uh, he said, okay, great. How many people you got? He said, oh, we got seven. And then uh, he asked our general manager at Papa Vino's, how many people you got? And he goes, we have 24 people on staff right now. Uh-huh. We, we, were, we were fortunate enough to have that volume yeah. of business coming in because we kept pushing and pushing and reminding people we're here. We can, you know, we want to serve you. We want to help you. And so that was really fulfilling as well. So how did your messaging change in some of that, because I heard you just use the word remind, which mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things where in the marketing world, sometimes that's all we're doing, just reminding people yes. we're here. But like, w- did the messaging change much in how you guys were marketing stuff? I think a lot of it was meeting our guests where they were, right? So they're scared. They don't want to come out mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, they want to know that we're safe and they wanted value. They wanted to know that like, I'm going to get a lot of food for my money because there was a lot of financial uncertainty at the beginning too. There still is for so many people. And so in terms of reminding them, it was getting all of those messages out, but also saying thank you because a thank you goes a really long way. Just like with feeding the healthcare workers, um, we would post videos on our social media saying, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for all you're doing. When we reopened, um, I literally just, I had a cell phone video that I shot with our employees um, just saying you ordered takeout from us you came and grabbed your lunch from us. You bought gift cards. You bought our wine to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was different messages from different people at our restaurants, the faces that our guests already know. It's like, hey, we're back open again for dine-in, but we don't, we don't forget everything you did for us while we yeah. were closed and thank you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So what else, what else did you guys do like in, the, in this process? You're, you're, like you said, pivoting is kind of the... <laughs> The word of the year, mm-hmm. but like what else, what are, what other things did you see that maybe it worked well or didn't or? So we already knew through Papa Vino's, through our liquor license, that we could sell beer and wine to go. And it's not really anything that ever had taken off. Maybe that's the director of marketing's fault. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we had been trying to push that. Um, and then our Chili's restaurant started doing that. And, um, okay, so we got alcohol to move. We can do it. We can make the sales. We can give the people what they want because who didn't drink vodka and binge watch (laughs) Tiger King (laughs) during pandemic? I don't know. (laughs) Can I say that on here? (laughs) So, um, and even with, uh, with Chili's, our Chili's concept that obviously all shifted to take out as well. So we were figuring out our liquor licenses in, in different states yeah. because it's different state by state, what we sure. could and couldn't do. And how can we get people to 
buy alcohol that way? And what can we do that's safe? And, you know, can we just put a straw in a cup and just say, here you go? Like, here's your roadie. (laughs) You can't really do that. I think so. (laughs) So we had to figure that out. Um, But we did, right? And Mm -hmm. that was was a really cool thing um, that we did to pivot. So another interesting pivot we had was with our You Can Lend a Hand program. I don't know if you're familiar with it. No. My my boss, Dan Fitzpatrick, started it back in 1982 as a um, fundraiser for Catholic schools. Okay. And he started it in Southwest Michigan, then it came down to Northern Indiana. And it's those little red Burger King books, the Burger King coupon books that Catholic school students sell. Um, but it became very obvious last July that the program, which usually starts in February, that we wouldn't be sending kids door to door to sell these $3 coupon books. Right. Um, but this, by the way, has raised $11.5 million for local Catholic schools Wow! since 1982. Huh. It, right. Y- you can't... We, we had options, right? We could sit there and say, okay, you don't want to do it. We don't want to do it. It's pandemic. That's fine. Yeah. Or you can say, let's figure it out. Yeah. And so we were really looking for a QR code, mobile, digital, let's do something cool. That wasn't going to work. I might have cried real tears <laughs> because this is this is a program that my team executes and we're passionate about it, right? Mm. We want to help these schools. We've got to figure it out. So what we came up with was one coupon that you could buy for $1 at any of our 50 participating restaurants in Northern Indiana and Southwest Michigan. Um, and then all of that money goes back to Catholic schools. Whatever we raise, we'll do the best we can. Mm. And we ended up in in the month of February raising $62,000 this year, right? Wow. Yeah. You could have just said, no, Mm -hmm. COVID, we're not doing it. Mm -hmm. Instead, 62 grand. That's incredible. Right. You just can't, you can't get stuck in that mentality that this is pandemic. It's just kind of, it is what it is because that's not how you, that's not how you help others. That's not how you get through it, right? You got to keep going. Mm. We've seen that and- and it's been, it's been, I'll, I'll say it's a pet peeve of mine, right? We're a year into it and we're still hearing about shortages on supplies and lead time being mm-hmm. extended way too long. Or we even today had a customer come in and say, hey, my, my normal place is still closed down. And I'm like, it's a year later. If you're not learning to pivot, adjust, do new things to get through it. Like you're saying, you're not, you're, you're just not going to make it very long. Right. And you, you have to be able to do that. And I think, I think that really leads into what your leadership looks like within your Mm -hmm. company. And, um, I truly believe that it's top down and you have to set the bar at the top, right. And at that executive leadership level. And that's another thing that I think QDI did really, really well. I joke that Dan Fitzpatrick, my CEO, could teach a 400-level course on crisis management in a hmm. pandemic. He was unbelievably calm. He and also our president, John Firth, and our other, I could name all of the names. They didn't know what the heck was coming. Yeah. They had no idea, but they sat there and they figured it out. Everything from the financials of our entire company, which is 7,000 people that Dan personally feels like he's responsible for their livelihood, yeah. right? And um, and they sat there and they figured it out and he was calm. Um, 
I think that they provided timely updates in weekly calls with our restaurant managers. So they would call them every week, Dan would, and say, this is what we know. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. It's yeah. awful out there. And, and he was in the restaurants too. I mean, he knew. He knows what's going on. He can clean the soda machine. He can make a Whopper. He can drop <laughs> the fries. I mean, he knows how to do all of that, which is That's also awesome. super impressive. All of our leadership team does, which is great. Um, and he also did that with our office in Mishawaka. Just, hey, this is what's happening. Take a deep breath. You're okay. Um, and he talked about business, projections, expectations. He shared stories of, of heroism and successes within our company. So That's he'd cool. talk about this person did this and that person did that. And, and, and I'm hearing these things and I know you're doing it. Keep it up. Like yeah. You're doing great. Um, I always hung up from those calls with a renewed sense of strength and resolve that just, it helps, right? It helps to hear good job. It helps yeah. to hear there are other people out there fighting a lot harder than you. <laughs> and um, and I, I think that really went a long way. But I also think that QDI did a great job taking care of our people. Um, and that matters so I don't need to tell you that the pandemic broke a lot of people. Yeah, I know people that have been through a lot. Um, and then this on, on top of it was just, it was too much. Yeah. Um, I think it's pushed so many families and individuals to their limit. And it happened at QDI. We had that happen. Store managers who are just working too much and can't take it and understaffed yeah. and all of that. But, um, but when we heard or noticed cries for help, we stepped up and took care of our people. And on those calls, Dan would say, if you need us, you have to tell us. Yeah. Reach out. Don't be afraid. And he meant it. I mean, it was sincere. Our mm -hmm. Chili's restaurants, um, I know that there, there were calls where our VP of operations there, Steve Hunter, said, "We this is what we do. Like We have food. If you and your family are hungry or you need anything, you have to come to us and ask us. Yeah. We don't want anybody on our QDI family to suffer. And if you can take care of your people like that... I think that's a huge win. I think it, it matters if you need a warm bed, um, if you need mental health assistance. Some people just needed a, a good pep talk. Yeah. And that can really go a long way if you step back and get outside of yourself and think of how you can serve other people who really just are struggling. Hmm. Yeah, and we, we saw that with our companies as well, that idea of, hey, the door's open, like we're all in this together, let's work on it and let's put our cards on the table. Like if I need help, you need help, mm -hmm. let's help each other. And, and even, even here, like me as, as the leader of these companies, like I, you know, I, I needed help in different areas than maybe others did. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes that is like you talked about, like, it's just like a word of encouragement or just a break. Like I just need a break and I need to do something that's fun and, and whatever and and then come back to it and we'll and we'll start to hustle again. But um, that's just so important for as a team that we're allowed to do that from the leadership, but also from each other, like from peers to be like, it's okay if like you just need a second to go cry. Like, that's all right. Like we'll, we'll be all right. And you and go do that and we'll take care of this and, and then come back when you're ready. 
Like that's, that's hugely important. It is important. And it's important to a, have a good team in place before anything crazy hits or before a pandemic hits. And it's important to know the people on your team and know, mm-hmm. um, know who they are and, and what they need. Um, I, I've done this with, uh, some people on my team who need to follow up and do the rest, but uh, like one, one of those personality tests, what is it like the Enneagram, Enneagram or yeah. no, I'm kind of obsessed with the Enneagram. Please don't make fun of me. I'm so a, what are you? What oh gosh. Come on. Come on. I'm a three, two. Oh, of course you are. Of course I am. <laughs> I'm a seven, eight. Okay. So I'm an enthusiast. I'm a cheerleader. I like things on the fly. Yes. I'm a little bit crazy, the good kind, <laughs> the fun kind. Um, I, I'm spontaneous. Yes. I'm so, it, you know, with, with a side of me that's also like, whoa, just hold up. Let me have that. I can handle this. Mm. It's in my poor children. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, but I think knowing that I have a girl on my team who is an eight and so she's an eight, I'm an eight, watch out, wow. right? And yeah. we've had to really learn how to work together and, and we work on our communication. We've worked together for five years and it's like, you got to tell me what you need. Yeah. And so knowing that she's an eight, I mean, there are people out there doing a hard eye roll right now listening to this. You have to, yes. hi, hi, what's your name? What's your Enneagram? Yes. <laughs> it's so annoying. Okay. All right. But you know. It's helpful though. It is to know how people work. So yeah. if you can have that grasp, I think it helps your team even more. And, and it's not even necessarily in a personality test if that's not how you roll. It's just knowing who they are, having an idea of their home life and what it's mm-hmm. like. And and if something's weird as a leader, you got to know that mm-hmm. and you got to be able to respond to it. Yeah. And understand, like you said, there's there, what you see on the surface is never the whole thing. Right. Right. And um, sometimes that's good. And there's a little bit of you know, hidden things that you're like, hey, do that more. And then a lot of times, though, there's more. There's baggage. There's stuff mm-hmm. that's influencing their decisions and all of that. Right, stuff, so. right. And I was talking to my mom uh, the other day. Even it's, it's, it's a totally unrelated topic, not related to work. But she was like, Kelly, we all have stuff. Yeah. We all have stuff. Like you have stuff. I have stuff. And you just got to meet people where they are and figure out like how to work through your own stuff and if you can accept their stuff. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing to... We all have stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So when we're talking about pivoting, and I think we kind of answered that question a little bit just now, but um, what do you feel like is a, a key ingredient to pivoting well? Like how do we have something come in our face, whether it's a virus or maybe it's whatever it is. I won't give examples, but when something comes our way and we need to change What's a key thing that you found, I guess, in your experience here mm-hmm. to help do that well? So I think you you have to find a way to be flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to find a way to, just because we've always done it this way doesn't mean that's the way we always need to do it. Mm-hmm. This is a new game, new game plan. I think you also need to be able to, um, don't be afraid to try new things. Throw everything at the wall and see what sticks yeah. because y- you, you got to figure it out, Yeah. right? So I think those are key. But I think, again, it goes back to the leadership. You have to start with strong, calm leadership to help steer the ship and, and keep people on course. Hmm. So just roll with it, huh? I think so. Because <laughs> we couldn't change it, right? Right. I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. I mean, I remember driving to work because I, I stayed in the office most of the time, um, driving to work and like the, everything, there was no, there were no cars on the road in yeah. late March. 
gas stations were eerily quiet and it was, it was just, it was weird. And it's like, okay, you got to stay calm. Like this is different. (laughs) We'll figure this out. Or even with our kids, right. Figuring out what the heck we're going to do with them with school and daycare and babysitting and lining that up every day. Mm -hmm. But realizing that people on your team are having to do the same thing. Like you're not special. (laughs) And I think that's a, that's an important thing too, is like, it's not just you. You're not the only person living in a pandemic right now. Right. So it's kind of to keep that in perspective. That's when I had to work on. Right. <laughs> Personally, like, doesn't revolve all around me, even though I feel like it does. Yeah. It should, anyways. I get it. Yeah. So what for your company and maybe like your specifically your marketing tactics, I guess, or mm-hmm. like your plans, like let's call it post-COVID. How are th- how have things changed for you guys? Like, are you? What are you changing? Is anything changing? Is it going back? Like, what does that look like? Gosh, it's been. Do you even know? It was, <laughs> it was, it was day by day, right? For so long that right. it's like just respond to what the little fires are and then figure it out. Mm-hmm. Even in Michigan, when were we opening? When could people come back in? That right. wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And then the signage we have to do, and you have to have people sign in and their phone numbers for contact tracing and wow. all. It was just, it's a lot, and it's a lot on these restaurant employees. But right now, um, Post-COVID, our biggest problem, and you see it every single day when you're driving to work, driving home, anywhere, um, now hiring. We need people. We need bodies so desperately. And there are a lot of different things that I think are contributing to that. Um, Unemployment uh, is is a big deal for a lot of people who are, um, are on it. And then the stimulus checks this last round, um, we we have employees who are getting nine, twelve, and fourteen thousand dollars stimulus checks, and these are people in the restaurant industry who are used to living on really low salaries anyway. So they're getting these checks and saying, "Yeah, I'm probably not going to go to work today." Yeah. That's happening, yeah. and we're having call offs, and it's stressing the system. And then yeah. that's how people break because we still have restaurants to run. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, it's tax returns are coming back, and so other people are getting that money and saying, "I'm going to go eat at the restaurants. I'm going to support local. I'm going to do what I've been doing all along." And so we're we're busier, like mm. we're we're doing better. It's picking up, but we need people. That's our number one problem in our restaurants right now is staffing. Staffing. Yeah. In the Midwest and on the East Coast, especially. Florida's a little bit of a different story, but especially up here, it's really stressful for these restaurants. It's 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 difficult. Hmm. So I think that's our number one problem right now. But I also think you can't forget to look back, right? So as we're moving forward, you have to look back at what did we learn in pandemic? Because Absolutely. we learned how to do a lot of things better. Yeah. And we became more efficient. And we're doing this like, you know, alcohol to go or these family bundles that we're doing for Papa Vino's. That's another pivot, I guess. But we took those and now we do curbside fundraisers. So you That's can awesome. order, yeah. um, you know, we're doing them for schools. Well, I had one school school do it for a whole week and you can pick the day and the time you're going to pick up. You can pay online. And they had 60 some orders and they raised $900 for their school PTO hmm. just by doing pickup. Yeah. So that's the old give back night transformed into a give back week, but curbside pickup, virtual, don't get out of your car. Yeah. We're going to keep it safe. So I think you can't, you, you can't, um, you can't take those things for granted and those lessons you learned of, okay, we did a lot of things right. Like, let's look back and see what we did because that's how we keep moving forward. Hmm. 
Yeah, and I think that the other thing alongside of that is there may be things that you didn't do right. And mm-hmm. you're like, well, we're not doing it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but even from that, like the whole idea here is if if we're meant to survive through something as crazy as this, then our our best step is to learn from whatever we went through yes. and or learn from somebody else. Like sitting here listening to what things that you guys did, I'm like, oh, that's that's a great idea. I can see how even maybe a, a one location restaurant could adapt to that mm-hmm. or some, you know, some other business. Um, but the idea of how do we how do we learn from this and adjust accordingly and continue to improve? That's a conversation we had this morning with my team is like, we've got to always be improving. And this whole thing, this last 12 months, just gave us that opportunity to, like you said, just start throwing stuff at the wall and be like, oh, that one worked. Let's try more of that. And yes. and that's not going to work. So um, just the value of that, and even as marketers, like we know that. We do that in marketing. Mm-hmm. We'll try this, A-B test that or whatever, mm-hmm. and we do that type of thing. But now we're talking, doing it as a, at a macro level for the whole business. Right. So. And it can be really, really scary. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like you just have to pick yourself up and try the next thing, right? I mean, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it though? Yeah. <laughs> so what, like... What else should we know? What are do you have anything else that like you would tell somebody who's maybe they're still struggling to work through? They've just kind of eked through this whole pandemic and like, okay, we're still alive. Now we need to figure something else. Like, do you have any other words of wisdom maybe for somebody who's getting ready to think about their version of pivoting? Are you sure I'm qualified to give advice like that? <laughs> <laughs> Be your advice or could be somebody else's <laughs> advice. I don't know. So, so I think, I think there are three things that I would say um, okay. in response to that. And the first is, you have to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You have to make yourself yeah. a priority, whether that's exercise um, consistently or whether that is um, meditation, prayer, going out with your friends once a week, whatever it is that gets you good, getting enough sleep at night, drinking enough water, eating right. It all sounds so basic, but those things can be really difficult. And I know people who are struggling with that Mm -hmm. and it's really difficult to do. Um, For me, it was the whole workout thing. Like I would, I would use my lunch breaks if I got them and I would run the back stairs while at work or I would Mm -hmm. go for a run at Notre Dame or go home. My gym was closed. My gym closed and I freaked out. <laughs> so my kids are like planking on the floor with me at home. I'm trying not to get smacked in the face with um, bands, right? Mm-hmm. Resistance bands, but we made it work. So I think when you center yourself, you can be strong for others. Um, it's so, As a parent, as a leader in a company, as a colleague in a company and a team member, you got to take care of you first. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that would be my first one. Um, secondly, I think you need to look to your mentors, so the people who yes. have guided you through to get where you are today, what are they doing? How are they responding? And if you don't know, you don't see them, call them. Like, hey, this is what's happening. What do you think? Or like, how are you? Or what's going on? Or, um, you know, w- what are those people that you know and admire and respect? What are they doing? Yeah. And I think if you look to them, it helps you then get grounded and to see, okay, Take a deep breath, right? When the CEO of your company 
who has so many life experiences, has survived hurricanes with restaurants in Florida mm-hmm. and has survived depressions and you know huge economic catastrophes. What's he doing mm-hmm. and how is he responding? Because maybe I can take a few cues from that. Absolutely. So that really, I think, helped, um, helped me as well. And don't be afraid to reach out to those mentors if you need help. Because when we can make ourselves vulnerable and open, I think that's how we grow yeah. as humans. So yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then also we kind of touched on this, but don't be afraid to try new things. You will fail. I mean, there will be epic failures that you're like, oh my gosh, that was dumb. But it wasn't if you learned from it. Hmm. If we can take those lessons and say, that was that was painful, but I grew. Yeah. And I'll take that win. Yeah. That's good stuff. Like you are I you're qualified, but <laughs> even beyond that, like that stuff is it's not even it's not the advice of like, okay, go do this or try this new tool or anything like that. But the rea- reality is like, we need to take care of ourselves. We need to get our minds right. We mm-hmm. need to ask for help when we actually need it. And then just go, like just move, just try. And I think that's, that's huge. Right. Like one foot in front of the other. And it yeah. doesn't matter where you start or, you know, you just have to start somewhere and keep going. And I think like we all go through the stuff and we all have the stuff, but if you can just keep going and you'll figure it out and you got to surround yourself with people who are going to help you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, yeah, we've, we've learned a lot in pandemic and I think some people need to give themselves more credit too. You, you, you yeah. probably didn't do as badly as you thought you did. Yeah. It didn't feel good, but sometimes when it doesn't feel good, that's when we're growing the most. Yeah. I found. That's awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much oh, for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, and we'll have to do it again. Um, I, You've told me you have a, a mommy blog. Oh Is that what we gosh. call it? I, yes, that's what okay. we call it. I All do, right. I, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I mm-hmm. should know that, right? I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, so we'll link that up in the show Great. notes so that all the mommies and um, I guess the daddies too, right, can go. And yeah. Oh, there's it. a lot on there. Okay. It's, I don't really hold back. Nice. I, got, I think I posted recently about like male balding and yeah, but it was a positive Good. thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then there, there's a lot on there. Where else can other people who are listening to this maybe want to connect with you? What what should they do? So um, I have a LinkedIn account, but I'm, I should be on it probably a lot more than I am. But <laughs> um, but my Instagram account is probably the easiest way, just at, at kstopsinski. I think it's open. Again, I'm an open book, so <laughs> go stalk me, please. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, again, I really appreciate your time. And Thank you. I had a lot of fun and learned a lot, so I'm, I'm hoping that... Um, all of our listeners can feel the same way. I so. hope so too. Thanks for having me. Yes. All right, guys, you know what to do. Go follow us on all the channels. Make sure you subscribe and thanks for listening. Have a great one. Thanks so much for listening to the Big Brand Theory podcast. Make sure to like and follow us on social media and subscribe to the podcast today. 